Hello and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to the founders of future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. And I'm your co-host, Tommy Rojo. Today, our guest is Oriana Fuentes, co-founder of mTOR. Oriana has been based in New York for the past 12 years, where she went back after living eight years in Peru. With a bachelor's degree in economics and finance from Syracuse University, she proudly built a career in Wall Street. However, not being able to find her real purpose, she left to pursue a master's degree in machine learning from Columbia University. In Oriana's free time, she's either traveling, reading, scouring New York for delicious food and baked goods, which they're all over New York, as you may know. But another one of her passions is complexity. That's one of the reasons why in 2016, she started Emptor, a B2B software as a service company doing automated background checks in 10 countries in LATAM with clients like Didi, Corner Shop, Kavak, and Uber. Oriana, great to have you on the Latitude podcast. Welcome to Altitude. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oriana, in a few words, what is mTOR? mTOR is the trust stack for Latin America. Pretty much anybody operating, especially operating digitally, is going to require some level of trust with their clients, their partners, their employees, and we're here to provide that trust. How did you come across this problem? I mean, it's uh, trust is a big issue in Latin America. So tell us about how it came across it and how did you have the idea to solve it? Absolutely. As happens with a lot of startups, Enter started initially with something a little different. We were contemplating doing something in real estate or finance, given my background in, in banking. And then when we were looking at the market, we realized that pretty much everything we would have set out to build, be it a fintech or something with real estate information, we were going to need trust and identity involved in the process. Oriana, you're one of those cases where you decided to bootstrap in the beginning of the company. What was behind that decision? I mean, how was that related to the fact that M2 was cash positive from the start? I think we were very lucky, very privileged to have a client from the very beginning and work with a product that was SaaS, which meant we had really, really high margins from the start. Bootstrapping, it was sort of the business we were in and we decided to, to grow with what we had, which made us very cash conscious and made us very um, thoughtful about how we invested our funds and who we hired and what plans we selected. So it was, it's been part of the company culture and part of the business model since the very beginning. Naturally, SaaS is incredibly scalable. We have serverless architecture, which has allowed that to be even more scalable from the beginning. Now, you've been bootstrapped. You bootstrapped in the beginning. And then you're also remote since the beginning, right? Which is, I like to say you're remote before remote was on everybody's mind. How has that impacted your culture? And how would you describe the remote culture of the company you've built? Yeah, remote was very important for us in the beginning. My co-founder came from remote work before, we really wanted to, one, set out to find talent where other people weren't looking for it. And two, we wanted this very multinational, international company from the very beginning. What we knew also when we began 2016 was that building a remote culture is difficult. So in that sense, it led us to overachieve in culture building in general. So one of the main things that we did was we established a talented culture function before we were even 20 people. So making sure company values were well-established, making sure we created a unified company culture and identity across the company, and being able to recreate that with, with every new hire in every new country um, throughout the whole life of the organization. 
That's great, Dorian. And, and as you started growing the company and started expanding to more and more countries, how are you basically being able to scale that original culture concept, let's say? We've done it via thinking of cultural contribution instead of cultural fit, which is subtle but different. And so we've acknowledged that the culture was always going to change and evolve and really made sure that the initial values stayed true, but that we added in new talent with new ways of looking at the world that kept us very international and current and diverse. And so that's that's been how we've been able to scale it, but not necessarily copy-paste the culture onto new people year over year. How do you think your background in investment banking and machine learning contributed to this navigating some of these challenges behind running a complex multinational company? Share your perspective there. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for people who are great generalists. Um, If anybody hasn't read Range, it's a great book for anybody who doesn't feel like they've found their, you know, very kind of discreet path. Um, They, I think investment banking gives you just a skill set that makes you kind of work hard and see complexity and see a lot of things and kind of bring them together into a good good story. In a way, machine learning is very similar where you're just looking at a lot of data points and stringing them together to put together um, a conclusion or a good story um, just using data. And I think that translates a lot to entrepreneurship where you have to bring together tons of information and move it forward into a goal, into a company, into a purpose. So, Oriana, tell us a little bit more about what's the current moment uh, with the company. What are your short-term and long-term plans at mTOR? For sure. At mTOR right now, we are deepening our understanding of data and important information in different countries to make sure we can not only serve the clients we've successfully served so far, but also provide amazing solutions for the growing fintech landscape, financial institutions, banks, anybody that's transacting online, especially now after the pandemic where we're seeing People being employed online, buying more on e-commerce, really just interacting with people virtually more and more. And that is going to require a lot of trust infrastructure throughout the region. Longer term, um, I think I think just another continent. Like we always wanted to build like a big international company that had a global presence. And that's why we tackled LATAM as a whole since the beginning. And so I think Longer term, we'd want to be doing something in maybe Asia or Eastern Europe or Africa. We've had multiple clients reach out and see if we can do something else in another continent. So that would be really exciting to do in the next couple of years. I love that. And I'm a fan of LATAM for the world. There's too many times where like people are saying, oh, I'm building this for Latin America. And instead you're building, you've got this regional play already. You're not just in one country, but you're in 10 And you're thinking globally, which I think is an amazing opportunity. And there's a lot of talent in Latin America. And I think we can compete on a global stage. What's one piece of advice that you can share with with other founders as we wrap up this chat? I think it's important to be really authentic. I think when you're building something, you're taking a bet, your team's taking a bet. And it's with authenticity comes vulnerability and, and being very transparent and honest. And that's a startup has highs and lows. And I think trust of your team and you and commitment to you and the journey and, and project you have um, will be realized and people will continue to stay with you if you're being really, really true to who you are as a person and what you're trying to do. I couldn't agree more. In fact, I love the Brene Brown chat on, yeah. on TED, the TED Talk of vulnerability. I think it's something super important and authentic leadership is, is critical. What's one word that exemplifies entrepreneurship uh, for you? Para cerrar con broche oro. 
Yeah. Resourcefulness. You've got to be creative, got to be able to find a bunch of stuff, put it together, make something out of nothing. I think that's a lot of entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Resourcefulness is key. Thank you, Oriana. And keep flying high. Vamos la thumb. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Oriana. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of the week. 